you know, coffee is a is a way to use your senses, uh, especially when you're making coffee. You know, you're you're hearing at least you know if you're if you're steaming milk, you're hearing for the milk, you're feeling the warmth, you're smelling the coffee being you know brewed through the espresso mm. machine, um, and then you're also tasting it. And it's a it's a way to not just wake up <laughs> in the morning, but also wake up in life, like mm. knowing that to you, be here now. To, yeah, to be here now to to know that you are beyond your circumstances, that circumstances are temporary, and that you can change them. Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. My name is Steve Wopolinik. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and one of the founders of the Promethean Project. Our guests are people who have broke the chains of their limitations and found the strength of their potential. We offer their stories as inspiration and as guidance to help others navigate their quest to find their flame. Welcome back to the podcast. As always, your host, Steve Opolinik, with episode 69 with Tim and Andrea of the Monsoon Roastery in Springfield. This episode is fantastic because we talk about all things coffee. I learned a lot about different ideologies with coffee and how to roast and how to do several different things. But also we get in depth about their specific mission, not only with coffee, but how they want to change aspects of how coffee is viewed and sourced and resourced, how they want to leave a zero carbon footprint and how they're working on that. And also how they use their business to engage and create a community in Springfield that's supportive to Springfield in general, but also gives back and works with other smaller businesses to almost like Voltron become this amazing amalgamation of resources and support. As I'm recording this intro, I'm just thinking about the coffee I'm going to have tomorrow because I was fortunate to stop by, pick up some ground coffee to use at home, but also get a coffee from their curbside espresso bar, which was awesome. It was a great feeling going up and and getting a coffee there. It was very comfortable and a great community. So their information is going to be in the show notes. Check it out. Order from them. Show up and get coffee from them. They're all about community. They're all about environment. And most importantly for me... They're all about delicious and amazing coffee. So without further ado, here's Tim and Andrea. In a world where humanity's potential is imprisoned and locked away, our only hope is to break the chains and find our flame. All right. Welcome back, listeners. Uh, our guests today are Tim and Andrea of Monsoon Roastery. Welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. I know we were spending some time trying to get this going. And, um, you know, I, I reached out to you because I had sampled some of the coffee that you all make and it's fantastic. So I wanted to talk more about Um, what you do and what the missions are. But before we get into talking about that, can you give the listeners a little background of who you are and what you love doing? (laughs) 
Let me go first. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, well, I'm Tim. Uh, I've been roasting coffee for, um, I don't know, about eight years. No, almost 10 years now. Jeez. Um, started as a hobbyist and uh, working in the in and out of the cafe and coffee industry um, in different sides and uh, ended up turning my hobby into my dream and uh, working it into a reality of, of life in a sense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of who I am in a nutshell. Your friendly neighborhood coffee roaster guy. <laughs> it's a very specific kind of label, right? Uh, so <laughs> totally. it's pretty awesome. Totally. I can do one thing really well <laughs> and a whole bunch of other things just average. <laughs> That's awesome. How about you, Andrea? Um, my name's Andrea. I'm Tim's wife and a business partner. And uh, I'm responsible for like the creative aspect of Monsoon. So whatever you see on social media or, um, you know, any really any design element aside from the can, which is, you know, Nate Duval, who's our awesome in-house designer. But um, yeah, I, I direct the the way the brand feels. So like a, a lot of the branding is my element. And, you know, I went to school for that kind of thing and worked, um, you know, in corporate world. And, uh, and now I work for the state in uh, urban revitalization. So that's something I really enjoy doing through that kind of branding and storytelling thing. It's awesome. And yeah. I, I like how there's connection there. Well, I'm sure we'll jump into that a little bit further in there, but I do, I have to be honest before we get into anything, I have to tell you how mad I got at both of you. You're the only ones who got me on April fools with, <laughs> with the social media posts. Cause I wasn't even thinking. And I was like, Oh, that's really cool. Bruno, uh, and Kanto Farms, that how convenient. That's really cool. And I told my wife and my daughter, and okay. they're like, "Oh, that's awesome. We should get some." And then I saw you post later, and I was like, oh, "Son of a bitch!" <laughs> oh man, April Fools is such a fun time. It really is. You know? We got a whole bunch of people. <laughs> we did. We you know? last year we had um, Harry Pine Butts, yeah. <laughs> which clearly was. We got one. We definitely got one person. Um, but it, you know, it was, the design was really kind of very, um, raw and right. it was very obvious. Uh, but for this one, I thought, oh, I can't top, I can't top Harry Pine butts, you know? Um, and let me just go with this Bruno idea. And I thought clearly people are going to know it's a joke because it tastes like sibling rivalry. Right. Right. <laughs> but yeah no no yeah. i don't think i looked beyond the actual name and the farms that it came from and i was like oh i, I definitely want to try that out and see what the flavor is like but um i think you definitely got me on uh i wasn't expecting it to come from you <laughs> on social media and hopefully you'll forget by the time next year rolls mm -hmm. around yeah uh, well i don't know like maybe i'll have to drink some coffee to be on point in my maybe you know well, that's the thing. You see it before you drink your coffee, it almost doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, it's like a this great marketing because it's like, hey, we got you. You should probably come buy some of our coffee so this doesn't <laughs> happen again. So you, you're alert and you're paying attention. You got to be in the know. 
So um, all jokes aside with that, and I could probably talk about Encanto all day long. So, you know, that's not what this, this episode, maybe we'll have a future episode of Encanto, but. Um, a Disney discussion. <laughs> so, so Tim, you were talking about um, being a hobbyist. What really brought you into roasting? What, what got you into that unique um, perspective of interest? uh well it was it really had more to do with being a uh, like a broke college student okay uh more than anything so you know it was uh one of the one of the first opportunities i had in coffee was to do a, a, a startup cafe and uh, we got our beans from a roaster in the same city that we were working in um and so i got to see kind of the process of roasting um and through that you know i i realized it's it can, the process itself can be a simple idea. Um, and so I looked at all these coffees that were really expensive and then found places where I could buy them, you know, a pound or two at a time um, for a fraction of the price. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, well, you know, I can do that. <laughs> Why not? And so that's kind of how I got into it. Um, and I just kind of fell in love with the process and, and learning about what it means to roast coffee and what coffee is really all about. Uh, and so I just continued down that path um, for a number of years, roasting really bad coffee and reading, <laughs> uh, reading a lot of books and not understanding, um, excuse me, and reading them again until I did understand, uh, you know, and, and, and then working on my own process and, and how that relates and the chemistry involved and, um, the molecular changes that happen during a heating process, all kinds of things. Um, so I just, you know, I kind of fell down to uh, a rabbit trail of obsession. Um, after I got past the price of, you know, like all these really good coffees are half the price, uh, but you still don't have the skill of the person who actually roasted it um, right. or the necess- necessarily the right equipment. Um, and so it was, yeah, it was a natural progression. And then we got to the point one day when, um, I don't know. We were, we were pregnant with our daughter and, uh, I was tired of working for other people, right. <laughs> tired of working eight or 10 hours a day, uh, for somebody else, um, and to fulfill somebody else's dreams. So I came home to Andrea and I said, all right, we're going to find a way, we're going to find a way to, um, live out our dreams. And we just got to find that thing we can do. And maybe that's coffee. And I don't know how, but maybe we'll, maybe we will, maybe mm-hmm. that'll happen. Um, and so that was kind of the moment that started to will it into the world. Right. If you will. Yeah. I think that's awesome because I, you know, I think such great movement forward is always, it always starts with opening up the possibility for it to happen. Right. Like right. that mindset of, Hey, this, we, I don't know if this will work, but let's kind of put it out there that this might work and keep our eyes open yeah. to it. And I'm I think willing to like explore, explore the idea, you know? I that, think a lot of people have it. That's kind of how we've rolled ever since yeah. too. Like maybe this will work. And sometimes and it, it does. does and sometimes it doesn't. But <laughs> right. But it, it, it will never, it will never work if you don't take that shot. Right. Like, right. Exactly. Right. I like the, I, I use that in therapy a lot when I'm talking to people, I'll say, you know, you have a, what a 50 50 shot of something working if you take that chance and you have a zero percent opportunity if you choose not to take that chance and totally. you know i i tend to ask myself before i make an important decision 
what is the worst possible thing that could happen if I if like whatever decision I make <coughs> is either the wrong decision or it turns out and turns into a failure, right? Like what's the worst possible outcome? Because then if you can like theorize that, then you can almost justify that. Like there, there's almost never a scenario when you can be like, well, you know, it's gonna end in death. Well, that's probably a good, that's, you know, that's a good, maybe, maybe don't. It's a good place to stop. But most of the time, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, what if this doesn't work? Well, then you cut your losses, uh, pick it back up, and then try something new. Um, I think we live in a world where people are so afraid of failure, and they're so afraid of not being instantly good at things. Um, that everybody's so discouraged from even trying anything in the first place. And I think it's, I think it's silly. Yeah. Mean, we only have one life, right? So, you know, like just try it. Yeah. I like yeah. that. I, I just wrote something down uh, that maybe I'll use for the name of the episode is uh, stop before death. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. might, if you're okay with that being the podcast name, uh, for the episode. I, I like that because it does tie into this idea of, right. Like, um, I always talk about anxiety with people and, and how, you know, anxiety is really a message from the body and we have to honor that emotion and try to figure out what that message or that need is. Cause that's the base of where it comes from and all the other stuff, the behaviors and, you know, that stuff that come from it are byproducts of what that original need is. And, you know, one of the things that I find really interesting is the fact that it's a spectrum of anxiety on like really unhonored anxiety leads to ca- catastrophizing worst case scenario to an extreme and not just to prepare for, but as an expectation of, no, this is definitely going to happen. And then the, the flip side of that, if you deny anxiety so, so much, you don't prepare for anything. And so the cultivation of actually listening to it, like you're talking about, is like, okay, what is a, like a real worst case scenario and go from there up anything from that is net positive. So let's take, let's take that shot. So that's fantastic. I like that, but stop before death. Right. Um, (laughs) So you guys had that conversation. Y'all had that conversation and, um, and opened up that door obviously in a movie, this might be where we insert, you know, all those um, cut scenes of putting the place together and getting everything running. I can't remember what those are called, but they're in like Rocky and all the eighties movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what they're called. It's going to bug me for the rest of this podcast, but um, that's how it would work in a movie. But obviously there's, there's a lot more that goes into starting your own business. Um, when did that, when did you start seeing that? fall in line for the both of you and, and see it as actually moving towards that reality uh that took another like three years <laughs> before yeah. things got in motion really i was finishing up um graduate school and you know gearing up to work for someone else's dreams because that's what you do mm-hmm. um so when tim was like oh well, i don't want to do that I was like, oh, geez, I'm going to have to support it. (laughs) Like, I'm going to be the one. Um, But we moved to Maine for a little bit because I I was pursuing a job there. Uh, And then when we moved back, 2016, 2016, the whole that whole time, Tim's still, you know, roasting and figuring it out. And 
we're drinking good coffee sometimes and sometimes bad coffee in the morning. Um, Cause he would, he just would read about something and then try that out. And um, so really what it was a daily thing for a few years. Uh, and then you kind of had a little warehouse space in Connecticut. Yeah. My dad let me build out a space in his garage to kind of, um, test to see if it would be actually viable like like profitable so you know i set up um a little cottage kitchen and <laughs> said doug <laughs> button in a conversation here sorry no, uh, yeah I, so i set up a cottage kitchen in his garage and uh ran a website and just tried to see if we could sell some coffee um and i built it up to where we were doing um eight or nine hundred dollars a month in sales um and we're actually retaining some money Mm -hmm. and i was like all right this is a viable option so we we put together like um projections and um i went and leased this tiny little space on the third floor of a warehouse in downtown springfield and um, well no it was in the south end technically yeah it was in the south end not quite downtown but it was uh yeah it was a it was an interesting time we we figured out how to do it Um, we started farmers markets yeah um, nice. and people were just they were so excited to see like you're a coffee company in Springfield like right. you Nobody's make that. coffee yeah. in Springfield that's awesome and really Springfield wrapped its arms yeah. around us we just kind of fell a lot in, of support we fell into the Springfield city uh merely because we found a place with really cheap rent mm-hmm. uh, and then we figured and then after we opened we did we realized that there really wasn't anybody else around doing what we're doing um so we kind of had a little bit of a captive audience if we could just get people to hear it. Um, I think, yeah. it, and I think Springfield's a great place to do that. I mean, I, I get, I feel like there's a lot of negativity thrown Springfield's way, but I think it's a fantastic community. And yeah, the yeah. farmer, the farmers markets there are fantastic. We used to live in Springfield um, down by the X, and we we'd go to yeah. East Forest Park all the time mm-hmm. for the farmers markets there, and it's it. I just enjoyed bringing my daughter there when she was in a stroller and just perusing and seeing everyone out and how I mean, welcoming. Especially that park, like the farmer's market was cool. We, I mean, we had a huge start thanks to that farmer's market yeah. and being there. Um, you know, but even that park itself is like, it's such a massive park that is overlooked by a lot of people. You know, it was, it was designed by the same guy that did um, Central Park in New York City. You know, it's, it's like a magnificent like public park, park in yeah. the city yeah um, and there's actually a whole bunch of different things like that that the city has um the first building we're in was where the uh monkey wrench was originally like the first plant that ever manufactured those right that's right. that's what it was you know like it's it's a city that's rich in history of inventors and Definitely. like innovators and it's just like that's creativity yeah that's yeah. what used to be the norm here <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, I, I, there's a huge entrepreneurial spirit to Springfield too. And mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic that you're all landed in, in that kind of connection with that. We, our nonprofit, we went to uh, Valley Venture Ventures, which is uh, downtown Springfield. And, and we were there to kind of do some um, work on how, how to build the nonprofit and, and these accelerator programs there, but mm-hmm. the community of like businesses that came through there and graduated from there, a lot of them were from Springfield and, and this connection to 
that growth of the city was um, very palpable in going through that that process. And it was very fun to be part of that. So I can only imagine, you know, when when you two landed in that, like you saw that growth kind of come pretty quickly. Yeah, we we felt a lot of support and early on we we realized that by partnering with other small businesses it actually ended up benefiting all of us um and we quickly started to work with nosh um and todd who um owns part of granny's bakery he had a uh, sidecart bakery at the time and ow, sorry my dog's things are going and uh you know when we opened at gasoline alley which is also a really nice gem of Springfield. Um, he would come and park his, his side cart bakery. He literally had a, a stove, a, a stove top off of his bicycle and he would make fresh beignets and we would serve coffee. And it was That's a amazing. beautiful partnership because beignets go great with coffee. They do. They do. Mm-hmm. That's so creative too, like that uh, on, on a bicycle to, to kind of oh, have definitely. that little and I mean, Todd is a legend himself. He uh, was in a very niche um, uh, space in academia where he was um, in the sociology of sports sports world. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, you know, he recently retired from UMass, but he, Granny's Bakery makes the most incredible mm-hmm. pastries I've ever had. I mean, their croissants are on point. Like they're... Queen Amons, which I, I actually learned how to pronounce because of Todd. I couldn't tell you what they are. They're just a decadent croissant, I guess. Um, they're warm when you purchase them and they have butter inside that it's, I don't know how he does it, but it starts to melt as you're consuming. Mm, it is the most incredible experience. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, his business partner, Sonia makes quiches and it's just delicious sandwiches and all kinds of good stuff so it's you know it benefits us to partner with them because we have the leftovers that we don't sell (laughs) (laughs) that's what it's all about if you can survive but then you also get these nice little uh treats it's also a way to move forward so so it sounds like from like the very beginning these um relationships and collaborations with community but that also businesses in the community has become like a really big part of of what y'all do yeah i would say it's like a staple now of you know people expect events and pop-ups and food trucks yeah um and we love being able to provide that um to springfield direction of where a new place is heading to you know yeah um you know we're working right now on building out a uh a brand new, a brand new collaborative food workspace, um, and uh, we're almost we're almost ready to open. We got about probably like a couple of months. Yeah, the end of May. Uh, but we're partnering with. Uh, we went into business with two other businesses besides ourselves, and then we're partnering with overall five businesses to uh, run this collaborative uh, food manufacturing and retail space. Um, to kind of share the overhead and um, lessen the burden for any one entity and help us all thrive together. Yeah. And that means, you know, that means you can come and have breakfast on a Sunday uh, Mm -hmm. indoors, you know, have Nosh breakfast and monsoon coffee and 
the greens that will be used are grown by Urban Arson Farm. And if we use any meat, it would be Corsello Bucheria and Jamie's uh, freeze-dried products also help to season everything. <clears throat> and, you know, we plan to host a, a farmer's market and continue that spirit of like, hey, the more small businesses get together and collaborate, the more everyone kind of profits from that, not just um, financially, but like people come and, and they enjoy not just getting a coffee, but being able to shop and meet these, you know, like local vendors that are really adding to the landscape that, you know, in the Pioneer Valley. Yeah. And I, I think the atmosphere you create with that is just so amazing of just very, I don't even know how to phrase it, but even hearing you talk about it, it felt very like rich and warm. Like you walk in and it's just like, ah, this is, this is cool. And, and you can be a part of and connect to the people doing that stuff. So very like, see how things are sourced and talk to people who are doing all that stuff. And I think it's, it's like taking the farmer's market and making it into, you know, a, a brick and mortar store and, and really enjoying that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's it, 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 a little bit like that. When, when COVID started, we did this thing called monsoon provisions where we basically had a farmer's market online and people could order it and we would drop it off or they could pick it up very like, you know, um, following strict COVID protocols. And that provisions has been kind of taken over by Urban Artisan Farm, our partner. And part of his element to the food brood is providing that farmer's market essentially on, in a retail space. So you can walk in and get local honey, you can get local bread, you can get greens grown right there. Um, so I think that's a really, a, a cool concept that, that I don't think Springfield has. Um, yeah, it's just very cool to provide this, especially to like the, um, the neighborhood that we're in. Yeah. I want to talk about that a little bit. Cause I was, I was, you know, stalking your website to, to <laughs> prepare for this. And what, what really stood out for me was just like, you know, I, I feel like coffee businesses is can be very blatant of, oh, here's coffee. This is kind of our brand, go with it. But I, I think you're both really intentional on, on the branding of how you you made um, your business and the focus on, you know, being environmentally, environmentally conscious and community-based, right? So like going through the website, I'll just read it. Um, we believe in three things, finding sustainable and environmentally friendly solutions to produce coffee that has less of a carbon footprint working towards being zero waste, building social capital among our community community and with our businesses, and bringing high quality, freshly roasted coffee to our local residents, business, and partners. So that's a lot to kind of read through, and I did that really quick. So I'm wondering if you can break that down <laughs> to the listeners on, you know, where that comes from, why those three things are so important, and how that connects to the coffee that y'all make. Totally. Well, you know, it says starts with good coffee, right? So, um, you know, your coffee is only as good as the worst element of how it's being produced. So whether that's sourcing or roasting, um, how that process happens is all going to affect the flavor of your coffee. So um, part of my own values in not just having a business, but as a coffee roaster is trying to create a very clean and a clear picture of all the work that the farmers have done. Um, and so I don't want anything inside my coffee that could affect that. Um, so that's why we use uh, 
um, like a, an electric roaster, uh, a fluid bed roaster. It's a little bit of a different style of roasting from a lot of the other people around. Um, but it enables us to produce our coffee without any byproducts going into the beans during the roasting process. Um, <clears throat> and in turn, we can also uh, run that off of um, uh, sustainable power sources. Just speaking of power sources, we got to get a charger. <laughs> here. No I can keep talking. Um, so, you know, Let's see. I lost my train of thought with the charter. So we're talking about our environmental stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to the coffee process, there's a lot of things we can do in business that uh, can clean up our own footprint. Um, you know, so my motto uh, when it comes to that kind of stuff is that we can't do everything, but we can surely do our very best to do our own part. Um, so in any element of our business, when there's a way that we can clean up what we're doing or keep something out of a waste stream, uh, we make a very conscious effort to do that. You know, I, our roasting is done um, with, <laughs> with wind power and solar power um, exclusively. So yeah, all, the, all the electricity we use on the property. So all our espresso machines are powered by that. Um, our, uh, our lights, our water heater, um, all that's coming from a combination of wind and solar energy uh, that we pay, through, pay for with the, through the grid. Um, and then, uh, on top of that, you know, we only use compostable wares, um, things that are going to break down your own garden bed. Uh, we compost a whole bunch of things here and we recycle even more. Uh, and what we're left with at the end of the week is one kitchen trash bag of trash. That's it. Wow. That's awesome. Um, so there's nothing else in our operation. Um, everything else gets either composted and recycled. And, uh, you know, it's something that we've worked into how we run our business so that, it's not a burden. It's not anything extra. It just is the way we do things. Um, so when you kind of instill those values uh, from the get go, it makes it easy to do that as you expand because uh, there's kind of no other option. So our goal is to get to a zero waste platform where we're not only carbon neutral, but uh, there is nothing in our waste stream or our production cycle that gets goes into a landfill. That's our ultimate goal. Um, I don't have a timeline to get there because there's some things that just aren't feasible right now. So right. we're trying to get there as best as we can. And we think we do a pretty good job at what we, our operations already. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, you know, a really big part of what we do. Um, you know, the other part of social capital is, is, I mean, huge Andrea already touched on a lot of it, uh, but we stand to do much better if we work with each other instead of compete with each other. And so um, whenever it is available, uh, we would, we'd like to partner with people and, and help build other people up uh, because in turn that helps build us up even more. Um, you know, it's just the, good, good vibes. The coffee world can be a little um, siloed where or pretentious yeah definitely <laughs> there's definitely pretentious coffee shops out there and i've been there where you get judged if you ask for cream or something it's like you know not uh not posh enough and uh so we definitely never do that to our customers we try to make everyone feel comfortable if you want sugar if you want you know cream or you want your cream or you want a latte with just cream like a breve like no judgments how how you want to enjoy your coffee um but also too, like we want to be 
we want to model ourselves a little bit more um, the way breweries do and the way breweries collaborate with other breweries because you can enjoy a Vanish Valley. You can also enjoy a rustic beer or a tree house. It, you, you can't just, you know, you can't just have one type, that's it. And I feel like coffee is in that similar space where, you know, you could find, a, you know, right now we're collaborating with Purgatory Coffee Roasters um, in Connecticut and they're way bigger than we are. <laughs> um, but it's really cool because they have a very similar feel to their brand. They're a little edgy and they're more like uh, into that kind of skateboarding kind of punk rock world. Um, and we kind of complement them with a little bit more of the psychedelic element. Uh, and we're both coffee roasters, but we're actually, you know, Tim's roasting one coffee and Joey's roasting another coffee. And we're gonna put the two coffees together to make a blend of an actual blend of coffee brands and really like platforms and everything. So they've supported us, we're supporting them. And I, it feels really nice to not have those kind of, to break those barriers and, and right. collaborate. It, Cause they're confident in their product. We're confident in ours and there's, you know, enough for everyone to go around. Yeah. So. Yeah. And we're more focused on, um, you know, our own market here in Springfield and, um, I had the opportunity to sit with a really uh, wise baker once, um, you know, and he told me a story about how he tried to expand and expand and go to all these different places. And it was always really hard um, until somebody told him the same thing he told me. And he said, I just want to make bread and put it on everybody's table that is in my town. That's what I want to do. I want everybody that is here where I am to have bread and good bread and healthy bread and like I want them to have the best bread on their dinner table every day. Um, and so that's really what we're focused on. You know, we want the people in the Springfield area. We want the people that are serving our coffee. We want, we want like people waking up in the morning and making Monsignor Roastery coffee because that's the coffee that's here in their neighborhood. Right. Like that's, you know, I'm not, we're not trying to compete with um, anybody on the grocery store shelf. We're not trying to put ourselves on the grocery store shelf. Um, we want to be like, we want to be your neighborhood coffee. We want to be like your coffee roaster. That's like, that's what we aim to be. Um, you know, we're four other businesses and we're here for the, for the neighborhood. So that's it's like we're about. stealing Spider-Man's classic line of your friendly neighborhood coffee roaster. Exactly. <laughs> Spider-Man, right? Um, that's awesome. And I'd love to hear that story. I just, uh, crowd funded um a comic book that was written out of springfield too it's actually you can see up here a little bit there's a, little, a drawing poster that came with it and um and i felt really connected to that too because going to school in springfield and living in springfield for a period of time i feel really connected to the concept of you know that community and and have a lot of friends in that community and i think it's awesome that that's really where the focus is is like really fine tuning your craft and feeling confident in that. And you don't have to perpetrate like McDonald's, Wendy's and Burger King trying to outdo each other. <laughs> or, right. um, right. I mean, it may be fun to have people go on Twitter and do call outs like Wendy's does or whatever, <laughs> but like that, that's not what you're all are aiming for. And it, it comes through. I mean, we definitely take jabs at Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks. <laughs> that's um, but, that's all <laughs> but that's punching, you know, that's punching up, right? So you never want to punch down. But right. you always want to punch Absolutely. up when you when you 
you take those those kind of jokes and i think i don't think there's too many people who will fault you for taking jabs (laughs) at them either um so funny it's funny that you said um that you were talking about breweries and and that feel that comes from breweries like that because when i first saw your coffee and ordered your coffee and had it sent out um that's the feel that i i got from how it's designed and that it's in these metal cans instead of you know these bags that that come and it felt really like i was consuming like going to a brewery and picking something up and very specialized and connected to it and the art is even very very connected in that same way and it seems like that was definitely uh, intentional right um but i think it makes it that much more exciting when it comes in because i know when it came in I, I was really excited to show my daughter and my wife and i think they were both like it's coffee <laughs> why are you so excited and i got you know the first time i got you know the sample pack with like different um things to to try out and i think it was just really cool because i was really drawn to to y'all because of that feel and because of everything that you're talking about and so um i as a consumer, I want you to let you know that well done, like you're, you're doing your mission, you're, it's living, it's being put out there and people are responding to it. Okay. Yeah, I think Nate Duval deserves all the credit for that. He, we, we knew we wanted to put our coffee in cans because they used to be in, in these kind of like DIY little lunchbox, lunch bag kind of bags um, that we like. Well, would, they were in coffee we, bags. Yeah, but we like did everything to them. We stamped yeah. them. It, I mean, it was very DIY and, and adorable at the time. But as we started to grow, trying to explain to Nate, like, we want to change coffees up. We rotate them. You know, we need a system where um, it's not a new label every time, but there is a lot of a lot of changes with our coffee because we rotate fresh crops, right? So. Um, he and he has designed a lot of coffee like uh beer cans and he has an incredible resume um we're very fortunate to work with him well i mean the can itself we landed on um because of the bags you know like we were going through a process of you know what's going into a landfill even after even if it's not coming um from our facility what are people throwing this away so you know the answer was yeah the bag can't be recycled and it can't be composted so we went through all these different processes of compostable bags or recyclable bags and all of them just they weren't great there was no really great solution um and i really really wanted to do a can because um the the metal when you take a can you put it in the recycling it's one of the very few things in your recycling that will actually be fully recycled every time, right? So you take the can, it goes in the recycling, it gets melted down, it turns back into a can in six weeks again. And the coolest part is that only 1% of this can gets used up. So this can will be a can 99 times before it's gone, right? So it's almost infinitely recyclable. Um, and the other thing is that it it seals the coffee. Um, yeah. And so when it's hermetically sealed like that, there's no oxygen transfer like there is in a bag. And so what happens is your coffee freezes in time uh, because oxygen ages coffee. Oxygen is what makes your coffee go stale, what makes it go sour. Um, And so if you can take that oxygen out of the equation, 
your coffee will stay super fresh. So the coffee in the can stays as fresh as the day we put it in. Um, and it's, it's the coolest thing ever. So, you know, yeah, we, I, I love the package because it's beautiful from a design point, but it's also sustainable and um, it's, it just provides an even better product overall. So it's funny because um, there's this analogy that's used by therapists a lot. And the analogy related to some of this stuff is sometimes when I wake up, I get to have my coffee and I get to enjoy my coffee. And that's all that my focus is on. And it's pleasant and it's exciting. And I look forward to that at night. I'm like, ah, oh, tomorrow I get to read a book and have my coffee in the morning before anyone's up. It's amazing. That's personally my favorite thing is to sit and read a book and drink coffee by a window as the sun comes up. It's, it's awesome. I don't know if, if you, you all are into that, but like, that's my favorite thing before my daughter wakes up or before anything like that. Um, but then sometimes I wake up and the only thing I see is the steps I have to do to make the coffee. Right. And so it's, it's talking about like mental health and just the wherewithal of it and stress and all of this. And I think it, it just came to me as you were talking about the cans. One of the things I really enjoyed about the cans <laughs> is like that feeling of taking the top off of it and like the sound that it makes, which is odd, but it immediately is like, Oh, this is fun now. Right. Even if it's one of those days, like, oh, I have to brew my car. I have to do this. As soon as I hear that noise, I'm like, all right, let's go. Okay. Now the smells there. This is amazing. Right. So it's one of those things that um, we're making a lot of allegories here, but like touching on things. But um, one of those things that I felt was like really cool because it it, it shifted my perspective on those days that it's hard to make the coffee. So Mm. So like brought you into the present moment. Yeah. The smell, the smell, especially, but, you know, I, I think also that sound in that field. I, go with. Well, I mean, when the can is fresh, right, when you're opening up a fresh can and we are trying to make sure it's not a violent opening. <laughs> some folks. Yeah. Let me just say that it doesn't hit you in the face. <laughs> or no, like no. That. But some folks will open it without realizing you kind of have to open it a little carefully. And we have changed the packaging to reflect that. It says it on the gotcha. can though. Um, but if you open it too fast, sometimes the, the, all the carbon buildup inside the can um, causes the beans, especially if it's ground coffee, to kind of spill out a little bit. Um, gotcha. And it's a surprise to folks, but when you open it, you hear that pop and you feel that push. Um, and that's one of my favorite things yeah, uh, when opening a coffee can. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's just like, oh, now, now I'm enjoying this. It snaps you out, makes you mindful. Um, you know, in a, in a weird way, but a cool way. And, and the, it captures the scent of the coffee really well, I think better than a bag does. Because mm. um, you can really <laughs> just yeah. put your nose in there, you know? I think the art of coffee overall is a wonderful practice of being present. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's something beautiful in, in taking the steps to make your coffee every day and, and just being there for that. Even if it is just walking through the steps that here's my coffee. Right. <laughs> and, I mean, we even have that same philosophy at the shop, you know, we have it written down in, in the walls um, while, while anyone's making coffee. So it could be either us or Makari or Ben. Um, and it says, you know, one coffee at a time. And it's, I'm going to make the best cup of coffee this person's ever had today. You know, like I'm going to pour everything. I, it's Even if I have 20 tickets pending and all this chaos is going on, usual coffee shop chaos, yeah. I'm going to 
you know, really be mindful of this coffee that I'm making. So that person gets like the best cup of coffee possible. Um, so that it helps me when I get really anxious and see like, oh my gosh, there's all these people, there's a line and they're looking at me through the window. <laughs> I gotta get their coffee out. Um, I just remember like one coffee at a time. Yeah. And, and, you know, depending on who's in your line, but I think most people who are coming to you can kind of say, okay. We have great customers. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. That's awesome. So thank you both for coming on. It's been exciting to talk about coffee and, and, you know, talk about the process and how connected you're both to all of that and to the community that you're in and part of and serve. Um, I do always kind of ask a couple of questions at the end, almost like lightning round, but a slow lightning round. So I don't know what you would call that, but um and not too many questions. So it's really nothing like a lightning round whatsoever. It's just like a question and answer, I guess we can call it. Um, so the first question, and you know, you can, I'm going to give you both and you can figure out how you want to answer them individually is uh, what superpower would you want if you could have any superpower and why? And the second question would be, what is your true life superpower? Huh. <laughs> Wow. So I would say I would love to be, be able to be invisible. Just like suddenly you're like, I mean, it, it comes in so handy, right? Like if someone's going to mug you or so you're about, you know, something's going to happen. That's not great. You can just turn invisible and they can't see you and you can, you know, uh, so safety issues, but also like, um, I went to school for psychology and a lot of, of it was observational, um, like qualitative research. Yeah. So I think in real life, I can kind of become invisible and just sit in a room and observe what's going on and kind of, you know, make, make assumptions because that's really all you can do. But um, that's funny how that the, the question was framed and, and then the similarities. But what about you? Uh, I would definitely pick super strength, um, <laughs> hands down. Like I'm not a weak guy per se, you know, I have to pick up coffee bags that are like 165 pounds on the regular and I do it, you know, and I have to work out to be able to do it, but I wish I could just like, no, I have to work out. And just, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pick this up with one hand. No problem. Um, it would make my life a lot easier on the regular. So yeah, super strength for sure. Uh, but what is my superpower now? My real life superpower? I don't know. I, geez. Um, I Numbers? Think, I got to think about that. Yeah, maybe, maybe Excel man, sheets. I can build a mean Excel sheet. <laughs> it's probably, probably pretty harder than most people can. Super strength, <laughs> Excel sheet, strength, super. It works. Uh, yeah, no, I'm mostly just a big dork. Um, <laughs> I mean, I have a Captain America shield just chilling behind me, so I, nice. <laughs> nice. I can connect to that. No, no worries on that front. Um, thank you for, again, for coming on and sharing all of this and talking about what you do. It, it's, uh, you know, your love and passion for what you do, it, it can be felt in what you do in your products, but also in just talking about it and, and, you know, getting to hear where it all came from just makes me love the coffee even more. So yeah, I'll probably be yeah. stopping by some Saturday just to pick some more up. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, 
any last kind of things you want to impart to any listeners who've made it this far in the podcast and any words of wisdom or gems of knowledge that you would like to drop? I know that's a lot of pressure, so it doesn't have to be like super highbrow, but just something that the listeners can leave with and be excited about. Uh, don't be afraid to elevate your taste experiences in life. It's worth the price. Mm. That's the best advice I can give. Best advice I could give, you know, coffee is a, is a way to use your senses, uh, especially when you're making coffee, you know, you're, you're hearing at least, you know, if you're, if you're steaming milk, you're hearing for the milk, you're feeling the warmth, you're smelling the coffee being, you know, brewed through the espresso Mm. machine. Um, And then you're also tasting it. And it's a, it's a way to not just wake up (laughs) in the morning, but also wake up in life, like Mm. knowing that to be here now, yeah, to be here now, to, to know that you are beyond your circumstances, that circumstances are temporary and that you can change them. Um, and having that, the, you know, I guess the superpower to believe that, because I think a lot of us can easily get stuck in things that we believe are true, or like, you know, like you said, anxiety makes you think that a certain outcome is in, in, inevitable. And if you manage to wake up out of that, um, you can kind of see through that and have a little bit more hope and, and oomph to, to do what you really want to do. Because like, like Tim said, life's short. Why do something you hate? It's true. I talked about how I would look at the worst possible scenario, but I also think about a lot more. I think about the best possible scenario and that's the one I reach for. (laughs) Andrew, there were so, so many beautiful coffee puns in what you just said that I can't wait to re-listen to that when I'm editing this and just like, oh, how many, maybe on my introduction, I'll put like a a count of how many coffee puns we use. podcast well again i know i've said it like eight times at this point but i repeat myself all the time thank you both for coming in and i'm so excited to uh get to meet you and get to talk to you thank you for having us it was a fun time definitely come say hi at the shop yeah yeah i'll probably swing by this saturday if i am free to do so awesome coffee will be on us Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, please outreach to us at info at the Promethean project.org. If you want to learn more about the Promethean project, or if you would like to donate to our cause, you can reach us at the Promethean project.org. If you really do enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends like our posts on social media and Instagram and on Facebook. And please leave us a review on Apple podcasts or any podcast app that you like to listen to. Again, thank you for taking a listen and remember that the most important step is always the next one.